this one. So do you look at the camera at first? I will. Okay. Yeah. So. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Death Ads and Smoothies, Wellville's podcast where we talk social wellness, politics, New York City culture, and health, wellness, all of the above. So today we have an extra special guest, Nick. Um, thank you for being on this show. We really appreciate it. Um, and you have an organization called Typed Out. I'll let you kind of introduce yourself to our community. Sure. Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nick Palafron. I run Typed Out, which is a cross-communal platform, um, and it's meant to bring together representatives from marginalized communities and create conversation, understanding, and our our tag is, or our motto, I should say, is finding unity and difference. Nice. So, yeah. so I want to get to typed out a little bit later in this show, but sure. um, what what drew me to your organization um, was the fact that it was inclusive to straight people, and I'm sure there's a more politically correct term to use. But yeah. I went to a couple of your panels that was very informative for me. Um, but because your organization is a LGBTQ organization, I was like, can I come? Am I allowed to? And then you explained to me that it was very inclusive to yes. everyone yes. and everyone was able to learn something from it and I, that I really appreciate it because there are people like me out there that want to be true allies and just don't know where to start and want to be authentic and I think your organization really helps people like me to do that. Well, thank you. So I think that's really dope. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I, I know about Typed Out, I want to learn more about you, Nick, and just like kind of your story and, sure. and what inspired you to do the work that you're doing now. Sure. Well, I always say that like Typed Out found me organically. Mm -hmm. Like I, it wasn't something that I was looking for. It found me through, through just my experience. Um, just like background about me. Uh, I was born and raised in Connecticut, so just next door. Um, and my dad is from, so my mom is from, from Connecticut. My dad is from Brooklyn. So like, mm. I always kept coming back to New yeah. York with family and everything. Okay. So. I don't know that I was destined to wind up here, but I always joke that I like my dad made the move to Connecticut and I picked up where he like, left off and came to Brooklyn. Back. Yeah, so we did the the swap. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, so um, where does typed out fit in my life? I guess the thing is, just through my experiences, like a gay man, mm -hmm. and then like a more specifically, more recently, this year when I was traveling, mm -hmm. I was down um, in South Africa for a wedding for friends of mine getting married. And while I was there, I met mutual friends of theirs and, and one friend and I, in particular, wound up having a conversation about identity in film. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about Black Panther because it mm -hmm. had just come out, mm -hmm. you know? And like, he was saying that he thought it could be potentially divisive, like mm -hmm. by creating, you know, that it itself is not inclusive of white people, okay. right? And I was the just like... The other end of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, well, interesting. So, because straight white male yeah. who, was, who was saying this, I should yes. preface that. <laughs> and I was saying, well, interesting. And he was saying identity in film as a rule is, is something that we shouldn't have, right? Because as an art form, we shouldn't be seeking for identity in things. And I counter-argued and mm -hmm. I said, well, we should have things. Yeah. Uh, we should be looking for identity in things such as film, literature, art, so on and so forth, because 
I said that's been so in- instrumental in my development mm. as a gay man is Seeing because yourself exactly well when I was a young kid like yeah. growing up in rural Connecticut I didn't have open access that I could so easily connect as a kid as being gay representative or mm. gay positive and so I had to go to things like books like movies mm-hmm. to find myself to mm. find representations of myself mm. and read about it in a way that uh, help kind of piece together my psyche a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? So I argued with him and I said, you know, well, you may have not had to find identity in things, yeah. you know, That's because... That's a privilege for certain people. Absolutely, yeah. you know? And so uh, I was like, everything is generally catered to you, you know, and your demographic. So, you know, not to speak to anyone's struggle, but it's like if if things are generally geared towards... The straight white male perspective mm-hmm. you generally don't have to question whether or not it's suited for you unless it's different than yes. what you know or if it's okay exactly that's what you're so used to seeing yes yeah. so then now we have a movie like black panther and all of a sudden it's perceived as a threat yeah but that's so, funny. so that was the initial conversation yeah. and it just kind of resonated with mm-hmm. me throughout the week while i was there and i happened to be reading a book about um it's called the song of achilles by madeline mm-hmm. miller and it's the fabled relationship between uh, Achilles and Patroclus from Homer's Iliad Mm -hmm. and it's been contested through time whether or not they were actually intimate lovers Mm -hmm. or just very best friends and so as I was reading it like I just gravitated to it so much Mm -hmm. and it was just interesting to kind of have that parallel happening where somebody was like well I don't think that you should find identity and things like this but then I was also finding or currently reading something that was so gravitational in that way because it made me want to jump right into the Iliad Mm. and look for it and like made me want to do ancestry DNA Mm. to see if I had any Greek in my history history. yeah like I was I was feeling it I was I was just feeling it but uh we had further conversations while I was there and you know again it's it wasn't that he had malintent about any of this it was just his perspective and his experience right So, um, as I continued my stay there, we had other conversations and it just made me think like I could write on some of these things. Mm. And initially I had thought of starting a blog where it was just sort of my thoughts, but that was boring to me already before (laughs) I even took tangible form. And so I thought there's a lot that people don't know. Yeah. And myself included, mm-hmm. you know, about different communities, about different cultures and points of view mm-hmm. and you name it. And I was like, what if I created something where I could bring all of these voices together to share their experience mm-hmm. and it's a landing point for people to go yeah. and just get a little bit of insight, yeah. you know, because you can never dive fully into the subject, mm-hmm. you know, through something like a platform, mm-hmm. which is what I consider typed out to be. But uh, it's it's the sparking point for a conversation, yeah. you know, yeah. and it also sometimes relieves us being in the marginalized mm-hmm. groups from having to actively have that conversation, which can sometimes be so exhausting. Yes, you know, All where it's time. like, okay, well, let me tell you one yeah, thing. Yeah, you know? now there's like an actual platform that can like answer all your questions, and and I like that aspect of it too because it's like questions that you may not want to say out loud because you think you might offend someone or you don't want to sound silly. But yeah. then it's like this website kind of gives you a spot to be like, oh, okay, no, 
that's a question I should ask. Yeah. And, you know, so I do like that part of it. And I think there are a lot of um, more discussion and more visibility of the LGBTQ community in media. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that just arises more questions. Yeah. And then I'm glad. So I think that typed out is feeling a void to some extent Mm. um just for like people that want to have that conversation and and not be offensive and make sure that um that they're not that they're being um respectful of this new community that's getting a lot of visibility right now which i think is is really dope especially the trans community now is like you know it's always been a thing but now i feel like in the main pop culture realm people are talking about it which i think is good yes um really really good so um what are some of the things that you've been able to do with typed out so far um this year and what have been like some fulfilling experiences that you've had yeah so typed out itself was conceived and launched this year so the the wedding that i referred to was Mm -hmm. in march and then in april i think i I think like April 15th, because I remember like the 15th was, mm-hmm. is a marker for us. Mm-hmm. So I think it was April 15th that I, I created the Instagram and started gearing up towards that thing, uh, towards our launch, yeah. which was May 15th, and that's when the platform went live. So uh, I just want to say that like, as a platform, mm-hmm. we, I call it a platform and not a blog because not all of the content is written, because there's multiple okay. ways to express your voice, yeah, right? Absolutely. Some people have facility with writing and words. Others are better with visual, mm-hmm. you know, photography, illustration, uh, you name yeah. it, you know, any visual medium. And some are better with music and, and that form of expression. Yeah. So, and dance too as well, which is something that I would love to integrate. Mm. So I call it a platform for that reason because there's many ways to, to share your point of view. Yeah. And, you know. and then the other thing is that while we do have a heavy LGBTQ contingent, mm-hmm. we are we aim to be everything, right? Because coming back to you know what you're saying, Patricia, about mm-hmm. us being inclusive and, yeah. and being open to welcoming, mm-hmm. you know, allies from the straight community, and go, so on and so forth, is because we cannot consider ourselves inclusive if we're being exclusive yes. of someone, right? Yes. And so this conversation or these conversations mm-hmm. are relevant to everyone yeah. because we all share this world, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that the best thing is that everyone comes to the table mm-hmm. respectfully. And as you said, with a level of understanding and you aren't, you know, even if you disagree on something, you are able to sit at the table and listen to somebody's yeah. point of view yeah. without degrading them. Yes. And that is the key thing. Mm-hmm. So whoever comes in, because we do invite, you know, yeah. multiple voices. Uh, it's with the idea of change in mind or the idea of, understanding yeah. in mind yeah so and then people get an opportunity to learn too. yeah what is something that you've learned whether about yourself whether about society mm. um this year what is something that that's come out of these panels where you're like wow like i didn't know that before or that's really enlightening yeah hmm. i guess well coming back to what you were saying about how there's been a lot of exposure on certain communities yeah now more so than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and it's easy for us to look at things like entertainment and see like we have we now have pose uh the miseducation of cameron post just came out Mm. we've got blind spotting we've got black panther Mm. we've got crazy rich asians so we're getting all of this Mm. media coming in of underrepresented communities that we've never had before right Mm. so we're pushing the envelope in that way but so it feels like there is a saturation in the market for these Mm. things but it's still in our everyday lives not necessarily something that is so forefront yeah so i think to your point one thing that has kind of opened my eyes is well kind of killing two birds with one Mm -hmm. stone here uh we were able to do three panels in june we partnered Mm -hmm. with rxr uh, through a friend of mine justin Mm -hmm. and we did pride oriented panels uh three thursdays throughout the month uh, around pride related themes Mm -hmm. and so uh, the first one happened to be about diversity and inclusion in the workspace. And following that panel, we had people come up to us saying that they felt represented, that they felt heard, that their voice was up there on stage. And it, I think to me, the, the takeaway there was like, even though we have, again, these film representations and books and, you know, people that are stepping into that space or that have been in that space mm-hmm. for quite some time there's still a lot of work to be done yeah. and to hear that feedback of they felt represented even if it was just in a panel mm-hmm. is huge yeah. you know and it yeah. for me personally again typed out finding me in a very organic way mm-hmm. it feels a bit as if I'm striding towards my own purpose mm. and you know I'm trying to figure out exactly what that is yeah. what my role with this platform mm. really is and how to how to broaden its reach yeah. you know um, so yeah. I, th- I think that's probably the nutshell mm-hmm. of, of that and think about how many people out there that have never had that happen to them seeing them there's themselves represented yeah. in any form yeah. I can imagine that feeling you know because like I'm very privileged in where I was able to see black people on TV although how we were represented was different but at least I can say that I saw some sort of representation of myself yeah. and to think that there's groups of people that can't say that to me is like so kind of like sad a little bit it's like oh my god like how do kids figure out who they are if there's no they don't see themselves anywhere you know which brings us right back to you know the origin story of of typed out and Mm -hmm. and finding identity finding the things that you can see reflections of yourself Mm -hmm. you know it's Mm -hmm. it's that validation of Mm -hmm. visibility that like uh, another theme that has been coming up for me a lot lately, mm-hmm. uh, specifically this month, is the idea of loneliness, mm-hmm. where somehow we think that, you know, not we think, but we get these, this idea, right? There's 7.5 billion people in this world, and yet we suffer with the idea or the concept yeah. of loneliness. Yeah. That as yeah. if there's no one else in this world that yeah. is going through the same thing mm-hmm. that we are, yeah. you know? And I do think that there's a little bit of fear programming in there, mm-hmm. where it's just like, we are afraid to voice certain things because there yeah. are stigmas against whatever it is that we're yeah. we're feeling or going through or whatever the individual mm-hmm. experience is that it feels isolated. It does. You know? It does. But it's crazy. And I feel like the content on uh, your platform can kind of help that idea of, of people being lonely. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's funny, I was just talking to all of the contributors today about, I've been reading so many more articles about loneliness and mm-hmm. how it affects your health and how it can like actually kill you and like yeah. all this sort of thing. And then it, it makes me think because we live in New York City, which is like so diverse and like you know you can't walk on the sidewalk without passing all these people and to think that 
this city suffers from loneliness. It's yeah. like crazy to me. But then it also brings me back to um, a couple weeks ago, we did an episode um, where we talked about whether or not people in the LGBTQ community feel safe in New York City mm -hmm. and in every aspect of that word safe. Whether, like, do you feel safe in your workplace? Do you feel um, safe to find love? Do you feel physically safe? Like, all those questions. I would like to hear some of your experiences um, or even just your perspective on that and sure. whether or not um, is this a safe place? Yes. Um I mean, it's funny because as you were like kind of listing the ways that in which you could feel safe, mm -hmm. my the gears started turning, mm -hmm. and because uh, you you think safe as a blanket word, you know, yes. uh, but it's like once you start breaking it down, like safe to find love, safe yeah. to like uh, kind of express yourself, mm -hmm. um, even Should safe I come to just out like at work. exactly, yeah. yeah, all of all of these sort of things that once upon a time would have been taboo, mm -hmm. um, or in some cases very much still are, mm -hmm. but. Yeah, it's, I, I vacillate back and forth with those things, you know, especially because, as I mentioned, like kind of striding towards my purpose, yeah. I feel it's, I feel an obligation to be very open about mm -hmm. myself, my experience as a gay man. Mm -hmm. um, and because uh, there's this idea that a friend shared with me about medicine, right, mm -hmm. that we all carry a very specific medicine, and that is... Uh, we are all given something that we go through in life, mm -hmm. some sort of difficulty, mm -hmm. right? And if you were to consider that your poison, the medicine is is that as you transition through that poison, as mm -hmm. you begin to heal the trauma of whatever it is, mm -hmm. you get the antidote at the end, and that's your medicine. Mm -hmm. And in that medicine, you're able to impart it upon people who are going through that thing, mm -hmm. right? So if my medicine is coming into this world as a gay man and figuring out what that means, yeah. navigating what that means, and coming through the triumphs and tribulations of it, mm -hmm. uh, it better equips me to then help a generation of men doing the same thing, mm -hmm. right? So that, that is a form of, or my, one form of my medicine. Okay. Um, but as, so vacillating back and forth between that as far as like safety and feeling unsafe yeah there are times where like i mean you've seen me where my head my hair has been like bright pink yeah. bright purple <laughs> yes. you know like and i always say it's the easiest social experiment you could do because Very people so. they react to you whether yes. they're conscious of it or not yes. you know like if they're staring at you on the train like yeah. people react yeah exactly mm -hmm. and it's just like i'm doing it for uh, other reasons but like you know i always think that it could be seen as an expression of my gayness mm. or whatever that people might react to and yeah. you know men are the biggest offenders mm -hmm. <laughs> when it comes to just like subtle or unsubtle reactions yeah. um my favorite is like the eyebrow raise like oh okay <laughs> uh but also i've also i found myself you know like walking around in that let's say there are people of all types here right yeah. you know in in every form of expression, you name it, mm -hmm. there's somebody on the subway, on the street, you know, walking around. Yeah. So I think as New Yorkers, we're very much attuned to being like, okay, that's that person. You know, okay. like you don't think okay. much about it. That's true. So, but it isn't to say that there isn't um, negativity that exists, okay. right? Okay. I think as a whole, uh, most New Yorkers don't even pay attention. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely some few that, mm -hmm. that make a point, you yeah. know? 
but even so that's one form of just like you know expression walking around um another one being if i'm out on a date or if i'm out with someone you know i do kind of get wary about holding hand holding or um you know, even kissing in public, mm. you know, it, it's... Does it, like, depend on, like, what neighborhood you're in, or just in general, in public, you're, like, you think twice? Yeah, I think, I think just in general, in okay. public, okay. I, I think twice, like, obviously, if I was in, you know, like, the West Village, yeah, probably, like, <laughs> like yeah, twice. standing outside Stonewall, I'm not thinking twice about it, but, like, certain areas, like, even Williamsburg, like, mm. I've definitely felt apprehensive about it, you know? Gotcha. Uh, I happened to be on a date with a guy, and we were sitting in, um, like, the dugout of where there's recreational baseball, yeah. and, like, we were having a rather romantic moment, mm-hmm. just, like, kind of, you know, in proximity to each yeah. other, and, like, there was a baseball team of all men, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how they identified, it could yeah. have been a gay men's baseball yeah. league, you know, <laughs> but my gut feeling was that it was not, mm-hmm. uh, and I just... Even though they weren't doing anything active to, like, make me feel uncomfortable, I still felt uncomfortable. And I couldn't um, fully commit to just, like, you know, a public display of affection like that. Which is something that I'm trying to work through because, again, how much of it is my own perception versus Mm. what's actually happening. Because, you know, growing up, again, coming back to not seeing open displays like that, I've kind of had to create okay yeah so you still kind of carry that to some extent yeah I I mean we're programmed by society Mm -hmm. you know and so Mm -hmm. there are places and there were times and are there are still times again Mm -hmm. we happen to be in New York City so I think we're fortunate in that way but a lot of places still it's not okay to openly be yourself um and I think there is still that repression Mm -hmm. you know that the the trigger is to to yeah. not rather than do. Because then going back to the safety issue, you know, there can be physical harm to some people oh, yeah. if they just want to comfortably express themselves in that way, which is so sad to think about. But that is, some people have to take that into consideration. And we had a guest on last week where he doesn't feel comfortable in his neighborhood in Brooklyn because he's a little um, like feminine and mm-hmm. he considers himself flamboyant and mm-hmm. he doesn't always feel comfortable like where he lives and I'm like that's so insane because I think about how how I live, leave my house looking all types of ways all hours of the night I don't I don't have to think about like am I coming across too feminine am I coming across too masculine like but the fact that he has to think that way just to be himself is, is yeah. crazy yeah do you have you ever felt com- like where you didn't want to maybe like come out at work or something like has your work environment always been like have you always been comfortable enough to um well nowadays like uh in more recent history yes i've been very comfortable about coming out but i've definitely worked places mm-hmm. um in my 20s where i was just kind of closed mouth or closed lipped about it um i always felt like that's my personal business like do you really need to know but now i'm like i've also had the conversation where it's like there's always been this idea of leaving your personal self at the door when Mm. you walk in to be your professional self Mm -hmm. and i think that is uh a not accurate thought in the sense that like your your 
personal self informs mm-hmm. your professional self. And yeah, there are yeah. aspects of us that yeah. we do leave at the door because yeah, they're like just I'm not... I'm not going to talk about clubbing at work, but that's still a part of who right. I am. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or like you can, but like you would leave certain aspects exactly. out. You know exactly. what I mean? Or yes. like the way that you say it <laughs> yeah. might change. Yeah. You know, but it's like that's very much who Patricia is. Yes. You know, yes. and it's like when I walk into an office, uh, you know, Nick as a gay man mm-hmm. again that's only one aspect of me it happens yeah. to be a larger aspect yeah. of me yeah. but it's, it still informs the work that I do yeah. you know like it, it it's the way that I you know solve problems and mm. think creatively and you know the experience that I've had is only shaped by being a gay man mm. you know like and so it's kind of like how do I leave that at the door exactly yeah. you know and it's like I might not tell people what happens in my bedroom but do yeah. you need to know that like yeah. that's a whole different conversation yeah. like you can be gay but not necessarily have to have it do, deal with like yeah. your sexual record you know yeah. what I mean like it, it should be two separate things or not yeah. a thing at all like I don't know it's like complicated right. to some extent yeah. how do you this just popped up in my head like how do you feel about terms like gay best friend or like like is that offend? Like how? Like how do you feel about that? Because I know, like I wouldn't want to fit into like this. Like I know, like for example, like um, it's not the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. But like I've had like um, white guys just want to date me because they've never been with a black girl kind of thing, and I yeah. feel like that's just so stupid. So then I kind of feel like it might be similar to like the term like gay best friend. I like don't know. Being the token. Yes. 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 Can you speak to that? Oh my god. Yes, I can. Uh, okay. There is, like, there's a bit of a mentality with straight girls that love to collect gay men like Pokemon. Like, (laughs) as if, you know, you gotta catch them all, you know? And it's, it runs parallel with, like, a bachelorette party going to a gay club. Like, why? Why are you there? You know, like, I know that, like, there is a lot of fierce fabulousness that can happen. Yes. But it's, like, it is a little bit of... Uh, infringing upon you know what I mean like you need to I don't know you kind of need to be welcome and and be an active advocate I think rather than just making a display of of the culture you know is the thing it's a bit of appropriation Um, but Again, like coming back to like gay best friend, yeah. well, why do I have to have the gay in front of it? That's what I wonder about. You know? Like, why is that a thing? And then, because like I even like I damn, I hate to say this, but he is my gay best friend. But <laughs> um, like certain stories I tell, yeah, I there I like at some points I do need to be like that. His, his name, he has a female name also. Yeah. So there are times where I have to like identify him as like my gay best friend. Yeah. And then it made me think, like, I don't think he gets offended by that, but, like, I'm not his... He's not my best friend because he's gay. You know what right. I mean? It's, like, I don't know. It's weird, but I can only imagine what it means to be, like, the token. And yeah. then I also feel like now there's a certain, like, um, it's cool to have gay friends around you. And right. Like, so it's, like, is it all... Like, is it genuine? Yeah. Which comes back to the whole Pokemon mentality. Like, yeah. we're not here to collect so that it makes yes. you look cool. Yes. It's, like... <laughs> It's not, it shouldn't be a symbol of like inclusivity and yeah, acceptance. It should yeah. be like, you just are. Like, these are your friends. Exactly. Like, this is who you roll with. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and you stand by them regardless. So, yep. like, yep. and labels shouldn't be a part of that. Exactly. You know, it's, it's liking the person for the person. Yeah. And not yeah. because of the label that comes with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think 
checking in with someone and, and again in any aspect of seeing yeah. how you refer to them is a best practice yeah. you know that just communicating yeah like are you okay with that like, yeah sometimes a question I feel like can go a long way yeah you know and then we can both get like on the same page yeah which is not it's easy easier said than done yes but yeah so I want to talk about, so I just saw this article um, about um, additions to the pride flag. Yeah. Um, and I just want you to, one, educate our listeners and our audience on sure. what the new additions are, and then your thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one thing is that the, the pride flag is always changing because okay. there is a community that's being excluded from it. Okay. So it's it's generally a political movement or social movement, I should say, socio-political maybe, uh, movement to push the envelope of inclusivity. Like it's it's a reminder that like the community is not doing something that it should be doing. Um, because all of it is symbolic, right? When we look at our flag, the American flag, we have the stripes and we have the stars, and we know the stars represent states, and then. The stripes represent the original 13 colonies. So it's symbolic in that way. You know, it's representative. Like if we acquire a 51st state, are we going to leave a star off? No, we're going to include it, it, right? So with the pride flag, like the original rainbow flag was truly meant to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. And the colors represent uh, very specific concepts. Mm -hmm. But the inclusion from this year that that came out, which is it has the chevron stripes on the side which are the black, the brown, and then the uh, three colors from the trans flag, the the pink, the white, and Mm -hmm. the blue. Um, It's because people of color and those in the trans community have felt excluded Mm -hmm. by the overarching gay community. Um, And it's a form to, it's it's a way of calling to action the gay community, specifically Mm -hmm. the gay white community, Mm -hmm. specifically to be inclusive. Yeah. which is funny because I think I romanticized a time when, you know, the community was very tight-knit and, and yeah. stood by one another. And it's been brought to my attention that that has not been the case. Mm. And then even with, like, Pose, which came out recently yeah. this year, there's some, there are some great scenes where Blanca, one of the lead characters, mm-hmm. goes to a gay bar in, in the West Village and she is asked to leave. Is she black? Uh, she is uh, Latin. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but and she's... she's asked to leave. Yeah. Okay. She is a Latin trans woman yeah. and like she's asked to leave, you know, wow. at first they're like, you can go. Mm-hmm. But then they forcefully escort her out and then she tries to go back to uh, to try to make change in in that. Like yeah. she, as, as she is fully entitled to receive a drink there yeah. you know just like yeah, anybody yeah, else yeah. like to be served you know mm-hmm. like it's you know is is the point in the wow. effort that she's trying to make yeah. and it it kind of hit me in the gut in a way that it was just like yeah See, like we because if she doesn't belong where does she belong like that is so scary oh yes. my god like if she can't walk into a, like that type of club to get a drink then where does she belong exactly and that's where the isolation and like so scary yes yeah so and a friend of mine who was watching pose um she was like well she said the exact same thing Mm -hmm. like of all places you would have thought that you know she was allowed to go in and have a drink there and 
I was like, yeah, you would think so, but like, no, mm. you know, which that again has been new information to yeah, me. Yeah. Because I forgot where I collected the information, but it happened to be like either a podcast or something that I had mm. seen online where somebody was saying that when their their friends were sick, like in the early '80s, you know, mm. with HIV/AIDS crisis happening, that they were they were taking care of their gay brothers and sisters, lesbian brothers mm. and sisters trans brothers and sisters mm-hmm. but that may have just been that one person's you know experience, experience. Yeah. and so I, I kind of took that and created a a larger like, perception oh, we all of it look out for each other and it's like no we don't yeah and it's similar in, in the black community too also like how we there was points in our history where we banded together in ways that were like unimaginable and now like I don't know something something happened like in the 90s or something where it's like we don't look out for each other like we used to anymore yeah and it's really sad because like i always say it all the time it's like there's systems that are like designed for us to fail Mm -hmm. and we don't even support each other so i think of that when i think of although it's fictional i'm sure there's it came from somewhere in polls of course to think that like they didn't open up their arms to her you know it's so it's so like why do you think there's such a stigma towards like trans people like do you have a like i'm just curious of like what is it fear Mm. i mean i i think it's the fear of the because that is like a societal norm like a rigid norm that you that exists yeah with gender that i'm sure that any like that could probably make anyone uncomfortable at first Maybe. Yeah. I, well, again, it's a programming, yes. right? It's it's yes. the programming yeah. to fail, yeah. where it's like we've been set up with th- these constructs, gender as being a construct yep. of what uh, what it is to be masculine, what it is to be feminine, and then even and you know, like what uh, like as sex, like assigned yeah. sex, which is male female, you yeah. know, which is your biology, mm-hmm. not how you identify. Your mm-hmm. gender is how you identify. Yeah. And so we have strong reactions to things that aren't easily put in those boxes. And if, like, you don't, like, if you're assigned one thing but you don't identify that way, people can't wrap their heads around yeah, it, you know? And it's, yeah. again, it's, when I say fear, it's the, the fear of the unknown. Yes. Or like, I, that's, that's way too, yeah. you know, yeah. something that I can't wrap my head around. And, you know, that's one thing I had to the opportunity to to sit down with mm-hmm. Rob Smith of the Fluid Project mm-hmm. and uh, we talked a lot about like gender and unpacking gender and yeah. why do people feel so threatened by it yeah. and like there it's documented history that like uh, there are cultures that celebrate a third gender which is That's both true. male female united That's you know true. and uh, I would posit to say that westernization had a lot to do with it mm-hmm. um, and you know I recall reading that in Japanese culture specifically, and I know in, in Native American culture as well, in Native American culture, it's known as twin spirit. But in Japanese, it's it was known as being a, a third gender, where it, it was it truly existed as its own third separate gender, oh, wow. and it was combination male-female. And then westernization came in, and it was like, this is wrong, it's supposed to be male-female, yeah. like you can't have, you know, these areas yeah, of gray. Yeah. And and basically threatened, yeah. you know, otherwise, and, and so it's kind of fallen That's out of, so interesting. yeah, out of the norm. Um, how I do guess. you feel about, like, uh, this is such a random question, but how do you feel about gender reveal parties and celebrations? 
It's interesting you say that. Uh, Do you think because, it's harmful or are we overthinking? You know what I mean? I mean... Because I've read articles where like a lot yeah. of people say like it's harmful and, you know... What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a very millennial thing, right? I can't recall, you know... It's become a whole spectacle now. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think it's sweet, but also at the same time, it, it can be damaging mm-hmm. later on, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, you're putting this pressure on a child. What yeah. does a child know? Yeah. You know, like, that's the thing is, like... Uh, and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who works in a daycare, and she mm-hmm. was saying that she sees, you know, one of her students who assigned sex at birth is male, mm-hmm. but like expressing very mm. uh, feminine qualities, you know, and he's mm-hmm. five years old, mm. you know, and who's to say, like, again, we are putting our own perspectives yeah, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, pressures of gender and uh, role fulfillment on this child, mm-hmm. and he knows nothing differently. <laughs> right. You know what he's I mean? He's just like, being himself, but we're already like trying to label him. Exactly. Like, we're yeah. trying to program him and tell yeah. him what he should be or who he yeah. should be and what things he should play with, what colors he should be attracted mm-hmm. to, you know, how he wears or what he wears when he walks out of the house, you mm-hmm. know? And it's. It's like, why are we doing this to a child who's doing it so innately, so naturally? I and know. Like, it's almost, it, it makes you think of just how, the role that we play in making this all messy and, yeah. not messy, but like making it such a polarizing thing when, like you said, this kid is just being himself, like literally just being himself. He has, He's so innocent, he doesn't yeah. know that he's not acting like boys are supposed to like he's just being himself yes and i feel like we need to i believe that we need to give kids a chance to come into their own selves in a way and not be like oh my god he's showing feminine traits he might be he might be this let me you know you know what i mean like let them have a chance to develop into whoever they will because maybe he's just a a feminine guy straight guy you know what i mean which is fine you know he doesn't have to be put into a box for that right which is a whole i mean there's there's so much there to yeah. unpack yes. to use a popular yes. word yes. as far as like <laughs> you know it's also if a if a man mm-hmm. you know is and i say like let's just say a straight male you mm-hmm. know identifying under those labels and they show a softer you know sensitive side yeah. does that make him less of a man because of it exactly. no you know what i mean like yeah. so there's so many things that we need to to take a look at and re-examine and redefine the way that we look at gender and gender expression yeah. and like how much sex assignment has to do with that if anything yeah. at all yeah. so like coming yeah. to, to gender reveal parties I think it can be but it's it's again society is pressuring people to raise their kids in a certain yeah. way so that they will be accepted mm-hmm. you know and live uh, but, what what parents would consider a good life yes and so that in to most people that means just being straight and like you know yeah just path of least yeah, resistance exactly you know? exactly which it's like and i want to also one i want to have you back on all the time because i feel like you said there's a lot to unpack but <laughs> like i'm just there's so many areas like there's so many levels to this that i'm just like interested in that i think a lot of people other people are and i think it's a lot of stuff that we should talk about mm-hmm. because there's more visibility in the media and now I'm just thinking of like young kids and mm-hmm. like how what their self discovery and journey and what their identity is gonna be because yeah. now there is visibility. Yeah. And that's why I, I'll say again, I feel like typed out is filling is filling a major void because 
those kids can then have somewhere to look for just like who they are and then with the political climate who knows what this world is going to be like so I'm glad that like people like you exist and like want to educate people and like are compassionate towards everyone and and is inclusive because I think that's really important because like you said how are we going to try to be inclusive if we're like exclusive like it's like silly yeah so um I really want to thank you Nick for being on the show today thank you Patricia um I think we talked about a lot of interesting things yes um so everyone um we're gonna have nick back next month um so please if there's anything regarding the lgbtqia plus community that you want to learn more about that you think that we should be talking about please send in your questions to magazine at wellville.com if you want to guest on our show if there is anything that you know any way that you want to get involved please email us and let us know um where can people find you and typed out on social media and everything um so you can find typed out uh at on the website which is typedout.co um so that's without the m so typed out as like your thoughts typed out.co Uh, That's also our Instagram, typedout.co. And then you can find me personally on my personal Instagram, Nick Polifrone, which it's easier to find me through uh, typed out out because (laughs) my last name is long and daunting and I wish I could just say Smith. Yes. (laughs) Again, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening and watching again. Uh, We really enjoy doing this podcast and we will be back on Thursday. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, so I got that one.